Welcome to Manifesting on a Loop. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Manifesting in a Loop, a skeptic-friendly podcast. It's Inma, your host, and today we are going to go into a topic that I love and adore that I actually discovered quite recently. Well, not really. Like, I had experienced it myself before, but I hadn't necessarily put a name on it. I didn't have a name for this until pretty recently when I read an article that talked about this. I'm talking about happiness and the different types of happiness and how, you know, our society thinks that happiness is one thing when it actually is something a lot more complex than that. I want to start asking you, what is happiness? Like, what would you say if I were to ask you, what is happiness? Like, think about it for a second. If you have to pause the episode, do that. But really think about it. What is happiness? And if I were to ask you, when are you most happy? What would you say? I think that most people would answer something along the lines of when I'm not working or when I'm on vacation, when I'm out with friends, when I'm, I don't know, whatever. But the question is, is that a real happiness? Or, well, better yet, is it the only type of happiness? Now I'm going to introduce the two terms that name this episode, hedonia and eudaimonia. These are two terms used in psychology for two very different types of happiness. Although the words, the, like the terms themselves come from philosophy, but they are used in psychology. So we're going to go into hedonia first. I think this is the type of happiness that most people would say is happiness in and of itself. It is the more tangible happiness, hedonia. It is the joy we experience when we do things that make us feel good or when something pleasant happens in our lives. It is the pursuit of immediate pleasure through mainly the stimulation of your senses, right? Like you can eat a delicious meal or go on an amazing trip or, I mean, have sex, you know. Um, So you look for physical things, external things to give you that immediate rush of joy. One of its main features, though, is that this is a type of happiness that is short-lived, like it's short-term. It's going to give you that immediate high-intensity emotional rush, but it's going to subside pretty quickly after. It's not long-lasting. It depends on your external circumstances. So obviously, when you have any type of problem within, I don't know, your family, your friends, your job, your relationship, all of that's going to affect your hedonic happiness. And I think that this is what most people would define as happiness. You know, just having a life that looks good. It can be going on trips. It can be eating delicious meals or just having an ice cream. Those type of little pleasures, it's immediate pleasures that are mainly external and physical, and that's it. Then we've got, though, eudaimonia. Eudaimonia is a very different type of happiness. It is the type of happiness related to your psychological well-being. It is based on personal development, which is 
so important. And it is that huge satisfaction you get when you do something that is good for you, you know, good for your emotional growth, your moral growth, your cognitive growth. Even if you experience hardships or emotions traditionally considered negative along the way, like think about it, for example, going to the gym at first or going through a fitness journey, starting your fitness journey can be really daunting and it can be really scary. And at the end of the day, it's stepping out of your comfort zone, especially if you have not been a fit girl or a fit boy or a fit you (laughs) for years. And of course, running that extra mile or lifting that weight or eating healthy when you've been eating trash for a long time can be hard. It's going to be hard. But the satisfaction you get from the progress you make is priceless. And it has nothing to do with hedonia at all. And it's not just about a physical fitness journey. Like this can include, of course, exploring yourself or getting a degree or learning something new, learning a new language or uh, learning to play a new musical instrument. I, of course, want to go in on how getting to know yourself deeply and understanding yourself can be the source of that happiness. And I've talked about this before, like the type of joy that I've experienced, that profound happiness that I get from knowing that I'm doing my best every single day to be a better person, to get to know myself more deeply, to be more self-aware, to cultivate my self-love and my self-care and pay attention to my emotions and journal about them. All of those things that I do every single day to take care of myself make me happy. And that type of happiness is intrinsic to how you perceive yourself, how you value yourself, and how you love yourself. And obviously that doesn't have anything to do with anything external. It's just coming from within you. You are the source. This is something that you can decide upon. You can decide to be happy for this, for you, from you. So of course, this type of happiness is long-term because it is not dependent on anything outside of you. With hedonia, we mentioned that it is the pursuit of immediate pleasures. While eudaimonia is the pursuit of your growth. It is that motivation to do better and to put in the work for yourself and do things that, okay, might be hard now but you're doing them for the future you. And that motivation or that discipline, it doesn't need to be motivation. But yeah, well, the the motivation to want to be better carries you through the bumps and difficult emotions or difficult moments that you might face. It has to do with achieving your goals and realizing your purpose. And the feeling of self-fulfillment you get from that is on another level. Like I said, just imagine it's a really simple example to think about a fitness journey because it's the most tangible example that I can think of right now. It's like, yes, you're struggling every day. You know, you're running up that hill and ooh, that's a song. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Stranger Things. Yeah. If you know, you know. Anyways, 
So you're running up a hill or you're cooking every single meal at home and you're eating your veggies and your fruit and working so much to become a better physical version of yourself that in turn is going, of course, to make you a better you mentally as well. That brings you so much fulfillment and so much pride in yourself because you know that in spite of it being hard, you're doing the dang thing. So, I mean, I don't know what more I can say to convince you that this is the type of happiness that you should be going for. And I understand that so many times the sacrifices we need to make to better ourselves are big steps and are scary. And I think that a lot of people don't want to discover themselves for this reason exactly, because it's very scary to think that suddenly you can find yourself being in a relationship that you no longer want to be in, but you're just convincing yourself that you do want to be in it because it's easier to stay than to change the situation. Or you might discover that you don't want to do the job that you're doing and that you've been pursuing for so long. So it's really hard and I understand. And for a lot of people, looking for eudaimonic happiness is scary on a subconscious level, obviously. And I know that many people listening right now are probably in that in that spot are like, oh yeah, eudaimonia sounds great, but whatever, you know, like I don't... Yeah, I mean, unless you actually do it, you're never going to know what I'm talking about to the full extent. Hedonic happiness, it can be really good. Like you can be distracted and you can be like traveling or eating incredible things or whatever. But then afterwards, when you actually stop and trust me, even if you don't want to, life will make you stop at some point. Life is going to make you stop and look at your life and look at yourself. And when that happens, you might find out that you've wasted a lot of time, but that's okay. Like you needed to go to that process. And it took me a little while to understand that some people don't want to go into that path, don't want to go there, even when I'm telling them. It was hard for me to come to terms with the fact that even if I was learning all of this and I was obtaining so much joy and gratitude for the process that I was in and so many lessons and wisdom as well, even in spite of all of that, I was not going to convince anybody to start their own journey. It's hard because you try to convince people that this is the this is the path to happiness this is the pursuit of happiness this is how you are actually going to become really self fulfilled and this is the ultimate way of self love but if that person does not reach that conclusion themselves you're wasting your time i mean you can inspire for sure And you can try to make people see it, but don't get frustrated if they don't, because most likely they won't. And most people are not going to be in the same timeline as you. I mean, and just don't think yourself also, I do want to say this, don't think yourself to be better than other people, because at the end of the day, you are not better than anybody. You were there not long ago. So obviously, hedonic happiness is a specific 
temporary emotion, while eudaimonic happiness is the feeling of being fulfilled, content with yourself, proud of yourself, happy with yourself and with who you are, grateful for yourself and for your life and for the people around you. I'm not here to argue that the only type of happiness you should look for is eudaimonia, okay? Because obviously we all want to go on great trips and maybe you dream of getting a luxury car, whatever, and that's perfectly fine. But what I'm saying is you definitely need a balance of both. You cannot only expect to be completely, truly, deeply happy just with hedonic happiness. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. And if you think you're happy just with that type of happiness, it's not real. Like, I was there. My life was based on hedonic happiness for 25 years of my life. And then I started discovering that the type of happiness that you get from eudaimonic activities is much more profound. But of course, until you don't do that, until you don't live through it, you will not know. But yeah, you definitely need a balance of both, of course. And actually, psychologists mostly agree on on this, uh, on the fact that you need a balance of both. And there, there are studies that indicate that hedonic and eudaimonic behaviors contribute to well-being in different ways and that both are necessary to maximize happiness. Your long-term happiness cannot rely solely on immediate external pleasures because those come and go. The problem is that nowadays our society has been teaching us that what we should look for is hedonic happiness and it continues to communicate us that idea every single day. Anywhere you look, you see ads, marketing, you know, it's all about consumerism. People are telling you, buy this and you'll be happy. Or eat this burger and you'll be happy. You're all the time wanting to have all these things because ads are telling you that. And then also we have social media, which gives the impression of an apparent perfection that is not true. And even though on a conscious level, we know that social media isn't necessarily real and that people only post the best of their lives, obviously we all do that. We're not going to, well, most of us don't post ourselves crying, which doesn't mean we don't cry. Um, But even if on a conscious level, you know all of that, subconsciously, what your brain is still being bombarded with is perfection. And you want more trips, you want to go to more parties, you want to go to more concerts or do more things, eat more food or go to these restaurants, whatever. Our culture perpetuates that idea that happiness means maximizing pleasure and minimizing pain. And that hedonia in its various forms is the best way to achieve happiness. But if you think about it, we all know deep down, in spite of what we've been seeing all our lives, that no matter how many parties you go to, no matter how many amazing tropical destinations 
you've had the privilege of visiting, no matter how many Gucci bags uh, you can buy, no matter how amazingly delicious meals you can eat, you are not going to be happy if you're not really internally happy with yourself, within yourself, and from yourself. Also, we all know that if we are exposed to the same stimuli over time, the quality of our experience and our response to these stimuli change, which, of course, is the same reason why people who regularly use drugs or alcohol gradually need to increase the amount of substance to feel the same rush. It's the same thing, not just with buying things, but just with one particular object. Like, think about you have this dream of buying a luxury car, and when you finally get it, yes, it's going to give you that pleasure of knowing that you got it, and it's gonna, you're gonna enjoy the the smell of the car and the, the amazing features of the car and all of that. But that rush is going to go in two weeks or two months or however long that takes. You're gonna be used to that. You're gonna be used to. To this car, and you're not going to, it's not going to be a source of joy for you any longer. There's a concept in psychology called the hedonic treadmill, which means that people have a baseline of happiness no matter what happens in their life. So, in spite of different spikes in, in pleasure and enjoyment that can come from hedonic experiences, that novelty soon wears off, like we were discussing, and you go back to your usual level of happiness. Or unhappiness,、um, but you go back to your usual regular state. Obviously, the good news though is that we adapt both to positive and negative life events. So that means that our happiness levels eventually return to our initial set point, even if we've been through a very traumatic experience. At this point, I want to give you some sources or some ways in which. You can start incorporating a little bit more of you demonic happiness activities into your life. So I'm gonna give you three strategies. The first one, of course, is working on the self. This is working on your self awareness, your integrity, which means upholding the values that you say you have, self development, self acceptance, self love, gratitude. All these things you have to cultivate in order to feel and achieve a type of eudaimonia that can only come from that type of growth. You can do this going to therapy or getting a coach or reading self-help books, which is a great way to start a journey. By the way, if you like reading, I mean, you already know I love reading, so that's where I started. That's where my journey started, and that's. The way that I've learned the most throughout my journey, and I continue to do that. So, just reading is a great way to reflect, to start reflecting, and getting books that help you journal about yourself is going to help you be more self-aware. And the minute that you're more self-aware, you can start to heal the wounds from your past. Like I said on previous episodes, if you need to go to a therapist, please do that. It's you know so many times we're like oh I don't have the money to pay for a therapist. Well, you do have the money to I don't know go out or I don't know go to this restaurant on Friday night or go to the gym. The same way that you spend money on the gym or on other types of activities, 
I mean, what do you think is more important? That you get that hedonic pleasure of eating a very delicious meal from this restaurant or that you get the help that you need in order to become the best version of yourself. I mean, it's pretty clear to me. Then apart from working on the self, there are two things that go hand in hand um, that I want to mention, and they are taking care of your physical well-being and taking care of your mental well-being. These two are besties. They go together all the time, every day. If you're not taking care of your physical well-being, you're not taking care of your mental well-being and vice versa. I'm sorry, I can be a little radical on this, but it's just true. And science backs me up, okay? If you're not eating nutritious foods that make your body feel good and be healthy, if you don't move your body, if you're not making good decisions for your physical health, if you smoke, for example... I don't think you can be truly fulfilled and happy. I'm sorry. You're not really taking care of your body. You know, you're not really taking care of your body. And if you're not really taking care of your body, you're not really taking care of your mind because eating nutritious foods helps your brain. Moving your body helps your brain and helps your stress levels. And all of that has an impact on your mental health. I also think that Choosing to live a healthy lifestyle, which doesn't mean that you never eat an ice cream ever again, okay? It's all about balance. But choosing on a regular basis to be healthy is a very high form of self-love. You are subconsciously telling yourself that you care about yourself, that you care about you, and that you love you. But if you smoke... For example, I mean, I would say that what you're telling yourself is that you don't care. <laughs> you don't care. That's, I'm sorry, this is my opinion. But it's true, though, like on a subconscious level, you're telling yourself that you don't care enough to stop smoking. You know that it's not healthy. You know you're putting so much crap into your body <laughs> and it's going to affect your health in the long run. And you know that. So if you're not doing it, if you're not stopping that, I don't, I really don't believe that you are really loving yourself to the highest extent. And then taking care of your mental well-being means apart from doing the physical well-being part of it, which is, you know, like we said, eating nutritious foods that are going to help your brain and um, working out regularly, moving your body, all of those things are, of course, good for your mental health. But also, you know, you need to learn to process events and emotions. You need to learn to heal what happened in your life in the past, as well as dealing with the situations that are coming up now. You can journal. It's a little bit like it goes hand in hand with working on the self, but it's not necessarily the same thing. You know, it's of course, it's getting to know yourself, but you like taking care of your mental health also can include spending time in nature, working on building positive connections or maintaining meaningful connections with the people that you love. That's really important. So yeah, it would be working on the self, taking care of your physical well-being and taking care of your mental well-being. All of those actually are kind of intertwined. You can think about what you can do today to be a little more 
happy in a eudaimonic sense. You can, I mean, listening to this podcast or listening to another podcast of self-help is a good start. You can also read a book. You can also journal. You can meditate. You can go for a walk in nature. You can work out. You can eat fruits. I mean, there's so many things you can do. The decisions you make every single day to nurture yourself matter. And that's where everything starts, where happiness, real happiness starts. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and that hopefully you have a more holistic idea of what happiness is. And yeah, and I really do hope that you start incorporating more eudaimonic activities into your life. We've reached the end of the road here, at least for now. Check out the episode description for any resources I might have mentioned. If you liked it, please subscribe and leave us a review. Your support is key. Also, share this with whoever you think could benefit from what we've discussed. And leave your feedback or suggestions on the Instagram DMs at Manifesting in a Loop. Make sure you follow us on there too for daily inspiring content and more. Thanks so much. For listening. I'll see you very soon. And just remember, make your highest self proud and be kind. Bye.